Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Iran Enquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner. That's Derek Piper. I am not being held hostage at the top of Mackey Arena, even though it might look like it. Uh, we're just trying to spread out. And there's a celebration going on, uh, even though they clinched the Big Ten outright title when Illinois beat Michigan uh, with a crazy game. Uh, but we saw another crazy game here today, Derek Piper. And again, I hate think it's the worst lead as a writer in sports, but this team is a tale of two halves. They build a 21-point deficit in the first half, just play awful, giving uh, Purdue an 11-point lead. And Zach Eady didn't even make that big of an impact uh, in the first half and really this entire game. But they let the other guys, Brandon Newman, Braden Smith, go off in the first half, uh, had a bunch of turnovers that led to points for Purdue. But Illinois in the second half is is a number one seed, Derek. That's uh, <laughs> just how they've played here recently. Uh, they played catch-up. Purdue let up a little bit, made some shots. Found a way to erase a 21-point first-half deficit uh, and are tied with a minute 17 left, unable to execute to, to win this game. But you you had the greatest gif I think you can with this team, and it's just Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber just raising his hands. Going, Psh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this is a is a big shrug emoji right now. I don't know if there's a more talented team that consistently digs themselves holes, and I don't know if there's a better team when they get down 10, 15, 24 points in this game, to be down 24 early second half and come all the way back and tie it when this place is going nuts. It's the most electric environment in the Big Ten. They were ready to celebrate. Edie, obviously, is the national player of the year, and and they had things going. I I had no expectation that Illinois was going to come back and make it a game. They did. They had a chance, actually, to come away with it. If it wasn't for some spotty execution in the final minute, that obviously was really bad. the ends of the spectrum, again, the first half was about as bad as I can remember. The turnovers, the defensive effort, especially like Matthew Meyer was giving up on plays and Meyer and Shannon in general, just as your stars going into this game, we've talked about Illinois probably going to – their end results probably going to be determined a lot by how far those guys can ultimately take you. They were not good at all in the first half, uh, but you did get some good contributions. Second half especially, Sincere Harris – Luke Goody, uh, and Coleman Hawkins as well. And, yeah, it's surprising that Zach Eady got limited as much as he as he was and, what, 17 and 6 and minus 10 plus minus. And I, I don't know what to make of this team. This team is incredibly frustrating. Uh, they're an enigma. I don't know. where We've gone yeah. through an entire regular season. I still don't know where to ultimately land on them. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's it's. I know people hate me saying it because there's no reason to trust this team. But you still can't give up on this team. 
Like, because they do stuff like that. And you see these glimpses and you see Michigan, how they find a way to win that game. And you see Northwestern, they're down 18, and they find a way to win that game. Like, I don't think this team's going into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think you'd be crazy if you said, yeah, no doubt, this team's going to do that. Um, because I think you're as equally likely to be upset in the first round, even if you're, an, I guess, an eight seed against a nine seed, or maybe they end up a nine seed here. Um, but they they are as equal enticing as they are frustrating because of the variance of this team. Uh, it means they can never be counted out of a game, but also means they can never be counted on. Uh, and, and I think that's what, what this team is at this point. And to win two games back-to-back against good teams in the NCAA tournament, it's hard to envision uh, at this point, but they are capable of it. But I, I think it's more frustrating, Derek, like a five-point loss at Purdue – if you came into this game and said, hey, that, that's not a terrible game for Illinois, given Zach Eady and, and how good they are here, how great of an environment this is. But I think it's more frustrating that they get down 21 than it is that they erase that deficit because Purdue yeah. let up. I, I think we all know that. And Illinois just plays way looser uh, without with a huge deficit for whatever reason. But what can they do? Brad Underwood doesn't seem to see any correlation with their first-half struggles. I have one thing I would do, Derek, and you can mention if you want, but what do you see? Like, Why does this team just not come prepared to play right away? Well, as far as like the, the focus, and I know Brad mentioned that they didn't ever execute that first play they drew up, and Coleman mentioned that's been a recurring thing game after game after game is they go in kind of like thinking about football. You script the first couple of plays. Well, they script what they want to do on the first action, and they seem to – get away from it a lot of times, not execute it and break plays off. And I, I know you have guys like Shannon and Meyer that can isolate and do their thing. But uh, tonight, Meyer took a lot of ISO shots and one for 10 from three. That really hurts you. I think I think, I think it hurts you late too. Um, but as far as like the, the energy and the fight, Underwood calls it the bite defensively. I don't know why they don't show up with that consistently. I know what you're going to say as far as the fix. I think a lot of people are pounding the table for it. And it's yeah, become, go for it, Derek. You can mention it. <laughs> I mean, Coleman Hawkins playing the five and Dane being off the floor is the best lineup for Illinois. And you know, Brad keeps trotting out the same lineup. I know he's had to shift it with Epps being out to now where RJ's in there, but he keeps playing Dane at the five. I thought today you were going to need Dane regardless of how he really was, was playing in terms of giving you some minutes on Edie, thinking that foul trouble is going to be a factor, but – there's no doubt that Illinois is just a lot better offensively because Hawkins can pull bigs away from the paint, open up driving lanes, and then defensively, Dane's getting – it's not just Dane, but the, the drop coverage is getting thrashed by the guards, getting into that mid area and then be able to to shoot in there. And then he's Dane's fouling and not giving great effort on the glass either. That's He just has trended down pretty uh, dramatically over the last week or so. Yeah, when you don't have Jaden Epps already, right, um, and you got Dane struggling, this team just isn't very deep. Uh, and, and when you can't play him defensively, uh, it takes a guy who can score uh, off. And he's not been great offensively either, but he was a little bit better today. But, yeah, I think it's a personnel problem to start because Ty Rogers is, uh, should be a starter at, at this point for me. And I just think Coleman Hawkins at the five right now is, is your best lineup. Dane at one point was, uh, but maybe it can help him a little bit. But he's just not confident, and it's like – it's not even drop coverage. It's like deep drop coverage. He's barely getting like, – he's barely got feet on the B1G, uh, and, and that's just too easy for, for other teams. And, and these guards are too good uh, in the Big Ten. Like Braden Smith was just killing it uh, in, in that first half and, and to start the game. 
So I, I think they need to make that change, but it also screams leadership to me, Derek. Like, I need Terrence Shannon to be aggressive, and I need him to be good to start games. He was awful to start this game. What do you have, three turnovers in the first five minutes, a couple pick twos, and this the roof blew off, right, of this arena right away as they get an 11-0 lead. They had nine points off four turnovers to start this game. This team can't turn it over uh, with how bad they are offensively for the most part. Now, I do think they, they did a good job pushing it in transition. They made some shots in the second half, but like you can't dig yourself an 11-0 hole <laughs> against Purdue, even this team, uh, and, and expect to come back. And I just think you know, Meyer with some of the shots he took, like, listen, I'm gonna I'm fine with him shooting shooting some threes, but towards the end of the game it was not working. Uh, and he needed to get somebody else a look. Um, and Terrence Shannon just had a bad turnover at the late. Brad Underwood said he got fouled. I don't know, but it was just a bad possession there at the end of the game, and, and Meyer just uh, some good shots. So you want to give him credit, Derek, for, for the, the toughness to battle back, like the grit to battle back. But at the same time, you got to kill him for, for building such a huge deficit. I know it's a good team, a good opponent. You should not be down 21 after. You can't be. No, I, I think that you saw the and, – And sorry, just the last four of seven games – this is they keep doing this right for the last seven games they've been down double digits at halftime they've won some they've won one of those games but you lose most of them you can't keep doing that and expect to win against good teams yeah and there's some teams are going to put you away i mean we've seen it with missouri we've seen it really with penn state on the road and if you do that in postseason play and it's win and go home and you come out and you, you dig yourself a huge hole that can be it that can be all she wrote even though this team has a knack for rallying i, I thought that on the positive side, and I do want to circle back to what went wrong. Like when you went to the press and were able to, I mean, that's kind of the button that they pushed against UCLA. It worked in this one as well, but don't, they got to be tired of coming back. I mean, I know it's a, it's a thrill to, to surge all the way back into the game. And it's the whole narrative, like never kind of count us out. We're fighters, all this stuff. Like there's got to be some I, of that. I, from- I had to write another lead. I'm like, quick, it's like never count out this Illini team. Apparently yeah. like if they would have come back and won, but it's hard to do. The odds are against you doing it. Where's that from the get go though? Like Purdue's first four offensive possessions were all layups. Like, I, and I think that offensively, yeah, it, one of them came off of Terrence Shannon getting his pocket picked, even the backcourt, which happened again, at some point later in the game, and it exploited the fact that Illinois, without Jade Neps, doesn't have a point guard. Uh, I thought that Ty, I think that makes even more reason to put Ty into the starting lineup and have Ty be able to bring up the ball. Uh, Illinois at one point was even having Hawkins do it, which I think you can do even more so when he's the five and kind of got that, that the five's not going to guard him 94 feet. So Can you imagine Edie checking him 90 feet? I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him try, uh, try to do it, but um, – yeah, Brandon Newman's a very good defender, uh, and he got into Shannon and made him uncomfortable. But that, that kind of showed a weakness that if we don't know when Epps is going to come back and him not traveling on this trip, him not being at the last game, who knows? I mean, the way that they've talked about the injury, I know it's deemed a concussion, just kind of how serious the, the incident was. I mean, th- there could be a, a question mark over him returning, period. So uh, I, I think that they got to be able to figure that thing out uh, I like Ty playing a lot more on the ball, and that, that is something that can be a shortcoming for you. But, yeah, just the way that Purdue was able to, to score it, I mean, it wasn't like – if Edie crushed you and, and it was just like, well, that's a matchup that no one else has against you, and what are you really going to be able to do? It was the fact that some of the other guys on, on closeouts that Illinois was lazy on, they were getting caught up in screens, and 
And then, yeah, the, the turnovers just gifting Purdue points. We saw when actually Illinois in that second half didn't turn it over as much until the end. We're able to make Purdue work for everything. They struggled from three, and, and Illinois was able to climb back. But it's just it's just frustrating to see a team that is, yeah, they're shorthanded. Yeah, they're not a deep team. Yeah, they still got some youth. But they're, they're talented. They've been together for long enough to, to be more consistent entity than they are right now and it's it's frustrating to continue to watch some of the same issues yeah i do want to shout out some of the the encouraging performances today hat hats off to corman hawkins man uh he was my star of the game and, and i know some of that might be because he had two fouls and he was in foul trouble and purdue made its late run but i think that was not a coincidence like i think it was uh, a correlation uh because Coleman Hawkins was phenomenal today. What he did against Edie, forcing him into a 6 of 13 performance, I thought, you know, Illinois did a good job trapping him. Edie was not very good in the second half, made a big basket, of course, late, made the last field goal of the game. But uh, it gets 17 points and six rebounds out of the National Player of the Year front runner. Uh, Coleman Hawkins battled him, giving up five inches, 80 pounds, six assists tonight from Coleman. He was playing point guard Derek and guarding Zach Edie at the same time tonight. Like, I keep mentioning it, but just his presence on the floor is so valuable. Just what he allows Illinois to do, whether he's playing with Dane or at the five, um, he's so valuable to this team that they can play a certain way that can really bother any kind of opponent. Uh, But what he did defensively tonight, uh, his offense can be frustrating, I know that. But uh, made a three tonight. Passed up too many threes, though. I, I thought he should have taken more advantage of, of Edie in, in some of those closeouts. Uh, or if he's going to pump fake, go finish at the rim. Go go take it to the rim. But he did create for his teammates. But I, I just think we got to credit him a lot for, for battling. He's he's probably playing, even if the points don't show it, Derek, he's playing some of his best basketball right now. Coming off, I mean, two really tough matchups against Dickinson and Edie and to just rely on him so much because Dane hasn't been giving you a whole lot and for him to be able to wall up the way he was in the paint. I mean, look, I think some of the knock on on Coleman, not only coming into college, but I think maybe some at the next level might say, I don't know if he's the most physical. I don't know that he handles contact the best. Uh, maybe you can kind of physically overwhelm him. He's, he's held his own pretty well uh, this week in a, in a big spot in both of those games. And uh, like he, he kind of talked about, there's not a whole lot he can do to Edie other than just really try to battle as hard as he can and, and wall up. I thought he got called for two really soft fouls. Uh, I know that he hit his Edie's arm, I think, on the second one slightly. I didn't think he came down on him. I thought it was just kind of incidental contact. But when he was in there, I mean, for Edie to be a minus 10 says a lot about what Coleman was able to do. And, yeah, if he could just be a little bit more aggressive with the threes, I'm not talking about the step backs, I'm not talking about the 30-footers, catch and shoot when you got yes. the space. Those are shots that he should be able to make. I know he's still only shooting like 28% from three on this season, but I want him to be a little bit more aggressive on that in that area. I thought his rebounding was pretty good, uh, and then his passing was six assists, and uh, he had a, he had a pretty darn good game. I thought he he showed up. He answered the call when some of your other marquee players obviously did. I, this is probably a whole other podcast. I think Brad Underwood's got a should have a great sell for him to come back. I don't know if Coleman's a guaranteed top 45 pick right now. I think you either love him or you don't. Um, it's probably an NBA scout. But I think he can make a lot of NIL. I think he can really show more for his offensive game. But I think he can be 
Matt Painter even mentioned it. To be a pro, he's got to do a couple more things better. But I, I just think that aggression on offense is, is his next step. I, I love that he creates for teammates and all that. But I, I think if he came back for another year, I think he could really jolt his NBA draft stock. Because I think he's shown the foundation of what can be really good, Derek. Um, but I think he's got another step that, that he can take. Like, I, I think if you can get him back, that would be monstrous. Because we already see his value. And if he adds more offensively as a scorer, uh, I, I think he'd be one of the top 10 players in, in the Big Ten potentially. Yeah, he can get stronger too, which would help. Obviously, it's a grown man's game at the next level. So defensively, rebounding-wise, that could uh, be able to improve his stock. Uh, offensively is the biggest thing that I'm sure people are looking at. The free ball, uh, yep. for him to be a sub-30% three-point shooter at the college line, I think that's probably a concern at the next level. And then just some of the volatility, some of the sloppy passes, some of the – just the night in, night out, you know, kind of where is Coleman? Is he someone that's going to hurt you offensively or not? But then at the same time, like, his role is entirely different this year versus last year. So to think about getting the experience to say, okay, now the ball's in your hands a little bit more, we're relying on you a little bit more as a, a facilitator. We've seen guys through college, like, be able to take experiences from – being in that in one role and then translate to the next role and clean up on some of the mistakes. Like, okay, this is what – if I make this pass, this will be there. But I, I, I see this coverage. I know I can't fit this through there. So, uh, like, before this, he was just a spot-up guy in the perimeter. Feed Kofi in the high-low. If he kicks it back out, shoot a three. And, and that's – you know, go get her offensive rebound. That's kind of what his role has been. So, there, there's more to expand on. I do agree with you as far as the NIL and everything. It, it would make sense to me if he wants to – vault you know try to vault into the late first round or uh, just give him more of a solid standing go to the pros if he wants to to go and get a two-way and, and work on that kind of stuff in the g league then more power to him uh, yep but I, I just don't know that he would at, right now have the role in the nba to to solidify like okay i'm definitely getting picked yeah. early to mid second round and i'm going to be on an nba roster yeah i agree with you uh sincere harris Offensive go-to guy in the first half, which was kind of crazy. Uh, made a three, took another one. He probably shouldn't have got a little too confident. But, man, he showed up, 11 points, five rebounds. And, and good to see Luke Goody, man. They need him. Uh, they, they need somebody who can shoot along with Matthew Meyer. And Luke Goody made both his threes tonight, had 10 points. That's a season high. You hope he can build on that, Derek, because, boy, they need it. Like, you got R.J. Melendez kind of back just with his activity. I thought R.J. was really good defensively, bothering Fletcher Lawyer for most of the night. Only four points. For Fletcher Lawyer tonight, uh, so I thought that was R.J. Melendez, but Luke Goody uh, getting him going is is really important. These these kind of role players played pretty decently tonight. Um, Meyer though, sixteen points, one for ten from three. Terrence Shannon with the six turnovers can't have those um, and expect to win a game at Purdue. Definitely not. It was really encouraging to see sincere. I know there were some questions kind of going on in the pregame, whether he was going to play or not. Maybe it's a little confusion on him keeping the sweats on a little bit longer than some other guys. Uh, and he did take a shot there in that uh, last game, uh, obviously against Michigan, where he left the game and ended up coming back. But he showed aggressiveness offensively, which I know sometimes is a, a downfall of his a little bit too much. But be able to get to the rim a couple of times, had an offensive putback, a couple of them, where he you know, dove in there into the paint and, and wanted to hit the glass. And then he had a, a floater, a three from the perimeter, and a, a guy that just is going to battle uh, on the defensive end, obviously. And I think that when he's on the court, I, I love the the idea of, of pressing and having him fly around and, and being able to do that. And Luke Goody, this was hopefully something for him to build on, like hitting that 
really deep three, a pull-up, and uh, I thought he battled with great energy. I know that he said that you know in the post game we got to talk to him and Coleman, and, and Luke said, you know, now I really feel like I'm back and, and clicked in. So uh, that's good to hear. Uh, it would I wish that our, uh, Ty was able to have a little bit of a better performance. I know he turned it over and, and smoked the layup kind of early in that that first half, but still on the whole, I, I like where Ty, RJ, now Luke, if he can build on it, sincere will at least play his butt off and play defense. I like where some of these supporting cast pieces are at right now. It is on Meyer in a, in a marquee game. You need Meyer and Shannon to play yep. a, a heck of a lot better, and they just didn't have it today. Yeah, Shannon made two threes in the second half, but uh, combined, I guess when you put Matt's numbers, it's, it's pretty bad, but eight turnovers from the two. Uh, can't have it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Derek. Let's, before we get into the postseason possibilities here, um, Illinois finishes the regular season 20-11. and 11. 11 and 9 in Big Ten play. I'm going to put you on the spot. How would you grade Illinois' regular season? Um, hmm. I think that it would be is it a B? B minus? I was going to go in the C range. C plus? It, it, because uh, we're not, not going to be. Yeah. I, I'd probably go C plus. C. C plus. Um, and I, you know, I've said if that's your C season, like, hey, you got a pretty good program right now. Uh, and they've obviously dealt with Sky being out, Jade Neps being hurt, all of that. Uh, but you're still, you know, whatever the ties are here, you're going to tie for a top half of the Big Ten standings. Um, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So this isn't a bad regular season. I don't think we can say that. But it's been a frustrating one and a win or two away from being, I think, a huge, like a really good success. Like, obviously, if you win the Big Ten, that's an A, A-plus. Um of course, that's not what everyone was looking for this year. It's about what happens in the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, I, I would probably be in the CC-plus range because you still showed you can compete with anybody in the country, but you showed you can have you can drop an egg against anybody uh, in the country, any half <laughs> against anybody. Um, so I, I would still be in that range. I know some people with the expectations of this program now might be a little bit more negative, especially yeah. given uh, some of the losses you've had here recently and the way you've played. But – at the end of the day, you still got another 20-win season, beat some really good teams. 
but you haven't you haven't done it in a long time, right? Like you, you've you've mentioned the metrics. Like this is barely a top eighty team in the country metrically during the last six, seven, eight, nine games or whatever it is. So uh, they're not playing their best basketball, no matter what Brad Underwood said in the press conference. Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, I don't know why I gave them a B. I, I should have went a little bit more critically on that. The hard thing is you're just a game between like having a two seed and having an, an eight seed or a nine seed in the Big Ten. So it's kind of. We're recording this right before Indiana Michigan plays. If Indiana wins, they're a two seed in the Big Ten tournament. If they lose, I think they're an eight or a nine. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I know Brad mentioned that the way the schedule shook out, they didn't get some quad one opportunities at home. Like you look at their quad ones in general, they haven't picked up a quad one win since beating Texas in early December. I think they've lost their next eight as it stands right now. Like Rutgers at one point was at home. It's moved off of that. Northwest or not Northwestern. It was Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. Close. Michigan State might move in there. Uh, Wisconsin on the road was. It's moved off since then. So uh, for a team that was projected, you know, top two or three, some maybe had had them a little bit farther down, four or five uh, in the Big Ten, and, and to finish kind of in that seven or eight range. Yeah, you are making the tournament uh, and, and fighting. Had to fight through some things, had to switch some schematics up, had to deal with Sky leaving, had to deal with some injuries and everything. But, yeah, it's it's been pretty – I mean, it's been a wild ride. But it's a it, roller coaster of a ride. It can be thrilling. It can be – frustrating and frightening <laughs> it's just, just we think, keep using that yeah i mean yeah. this team is what it is which is volatile the, the fact that we're still talking about that in march is is pretty frustrating and that does deserve to knock down the grade for what you would have hoped to be someone that was like that first couple months of the season then you kind of get down the stretch and form your identity figure some things out and i do think i agree with you i think the leadership is still a, a question and just kind of the overall and I think offensively they, they lack direction sometimes. And I think part of that is the style of your, your star players are geared towards ISO ball. And I, I just think they've, they've lacked kind of that sustained ability to run stuff. And well, they, they that, don't have a lead guard right now. They too. just don't, they don't have a lead guard. Like it's not their fault with sky. Probably it's not their fault with Jaden getting hurt, but they just don't have a lead guard. And that that's really hard to win games when you don't have a league like Braden Smith didn't have a phenomenal game, but he had a phenomenal start to the game. Uh, and that made a huge difference. So um, yeah, that, that, that's hurting them right now. All right. As we're recording this live on our YouTube channel, appreciate all you guys give us a like, uh, join us whenever we do these. It's been a lot of fun. We'll get some of your questions coming up here, but there are two possible, three possibilities for Illinois in the big 10 tournament. They can be an 11 seed. If Indiana wins tonight, or seven seed, excuse me. If Indiana oh, wins say, tonight, could they really sorry. be one? No, I, I said they're wrong. They're a seven seed. If Indiana wins, uh, they would play Penn State, which is terrifying, given that Illinois is zero and two and hasn't played well uh, in either of those games. But the path to a deeper run in the Big Ten tournament uh, is better that way because you'd play Northwestern as a two or Indiana as a two if you beat Penn State. If you're able to do that. So you'd be going through some teams that you, you know you can beat or think you can beat. Uh, but if Michigan wins tonight, you would be an eight or a nine seed. So if Michigan and Northwestern wins, you'd be Illinois against Rutgers in the eight, nine game. I like that matchup. I think it'd be a quad one. Uh, and then Michigan Rutgers, if they win tonight, you're the nine seed playing Indiana, 
which would be obviously a huge potential resume builder, but a very, very tough game. And obviously, if you win the 8-9 game, you would play the Big Ten champion, Purdue, yet again, which I don't think is a terrible matchup for this team, and it'd be another resume-boosting uh, win. But what do you think of those possibilities, Derek? Which, which would you prefer? Rutgers in the 8-9 is ultimately the best-case scenario. I, I don't like – I mean, you're going to have to play somebody decently tough when you're sitting there. I mean, you're a middle-of-the-pack team on paper as far as the Big Ten standings go. Uh, Indiana's a tough draw, obviously, with Trace. Uh, I, I think Indiana – like, the fact that they can go from a two to an, an eight is wild. Um, I, I still really like that Indiana team kind of big picture and put a, a decent amount of trust in them as someone that can make some noise and, and get to that second weekend. I know they, they laid an egg at home against Iowa. Uh, was that earlier this week or last week? But Huchifino's uh, playing really, really well. Trace is a problem. And I just – I think that's a tough draw for Illinois. I, I do like that the way they approached the Trace matchup in Bloomington and obviously battled them to the, to the wire without Terrence Shannon. But uh, – and then Penn State is – Illinois does not play well against Penn State. And vice – like, flip it around, Penn State always seems to get up for Illinois. The matchup is concerning because of the way that they can put shooters around. Obviously, Illinois' defense hasn't figured them out. And – I. I do like that now that maybe Ty is playing more at the point guard, maybe he's a more seamless guy to, to put on to, to Jalen Pickett. The problem is, like, Penn State just finds matchups that they like with Illinois and, and can put them in a blender. And Shrewsbury's won those two coaching matchups. Let's just say. Yeah, he has. He has. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm Illinois, I'm also terrified of an 11 a.m. tip-off. Yeah, that's true. Have they won an AM game yet? Uh, AM tip off? I'm not sure. We'd have to go through all the the information there. But they lost not- at home to Penn State on 11 AM. They lost at Indiana, although they played well. Right. Uh, and didn't have Shannon. Yeah. Didn't have Shannon. But yeah, it's just. I guess it's history. Illinois has not played well in, in most AM games uh, here recently, uh, including last year against Indiana. But um, yeah. I think either way, it's it's a tough matchup, and I don't know if we're going to learn anything about this team at the Big Ten tournament. To be honest with you, I don't think they're making a run. It's, it's just really hard to trust them to, to string together good halves, a little in game after game after game. Derek, I, I know they won eight, what eight of eleven or something at at some point during Big Ten play, but seven of eight at one point. But it's been a while now. Like they, Brad Underwood said they're playing their best basketball. I just don't see it. The metrics don't say it. Yeah. Uh, and then Coleman Hawkins had a quote for you guys. I was getting Matt Painter, um, but Coleman Hawkins came out and had something interesting to say, didn't he? He did. Yes, he doubled down on their confidence and that they're gonna, they're built for March was his quote. Uh, that was part of it. Uh, he went on to expound and say, as the cameras have turned away from Illinois, a team that at one time had a lot of attention. You think back to December after beating Texas at Madison Square Garden and thought, hey, this team could be in the conversation for one of the best teams in the country. And they, Matthew Meyer talked about they thinking that they are, they're thinking that they can win a national championship. That's when Tara Channel looked like an All-American. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Coleman says, as the cameras have moved away, uh, we feel a little disrespected, not getting the attention we deserve. Uh, but that's all right, though. We will show that we're going to make some noise. Then when the cameras turn back, as we get to where we belong, uh, we'll kind of tell everybody to uh, – forget you or something along those lines. So uh, I don't know. It's one of those. And Brad said, yeah, like you said, 
playing their best basketball, feel really good about where, where they're at. Wouldn't want to play us. Which, yeah, wouldn't want to play them. If I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a one or a two seed and I see them you know, on the seven, eight, nine line, I'm like, yeah, that could be interesting. That We got to get our team up to play that one. But if you do, you might have a chance to bury them early. That's, that's the problem. Um, great. Go prove it. Go pro- that's, like that, that, that's, that's what I want to see. Like The Big Ten's not great this year. And you were immediate, like you were eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Not bad, not great. Um, yeah, so so go prove it now and uh, see if they can make a have two good games in a row. Which it feels like it's been a while since they've done that. Yeah, I think the confidence and the mindset is a little bit of a blessing and a curse. I think that when they get down, they never think they're out. Or uh, obviously, they've had some really good moments against some top-notch caliber teams like UCLA, Texas, and uh, you know to be able to come back in the second half against Purdue, obviously. But then there's maybe the little bit of complacency or just uh, not doing some of the, the little things or, or tighten things up when – Just too cool need, for school a little bit. Need be, yeah, need to be a little bit more gritty and need to be a little bit more, like, fine detailed because you feel like you gotta you got to do it against a, a Matt Painter team that's top five in the country and you just kind of strolled in here and yeah. looked like a team that – rub the sleep out of their eyes again and didn't play well. Yeah, let's be honest. Like Meyer can be one of those players, but you got to ride with him. Like you, you ride or die with him. But Danger is one of those players that, that just not yeah. looked locked in to start. And that's why I go back to my move if I'm Brad Underwood is put Ty Rogers in the lineup. Because you know who I do not do not have to get up for a game? It's Ty Rogers. Or if you got to put Sincere Harris, whatever, like this team needs that right now to, to start a game. You know, obviously offensively it can be rough, but it's been rough offensively without those guys. So uh, that would be my move, Derek. Like I know I, I don't get into changing lineups very often, but it's just when it can, continues to be a problem, you just doing the same thing over and over again doesn't make sense at this point. I, I think they need a spark. Uh, and I think Danger might need a little bit of a message because he's not playing well. They've got to get out of these early holes. I mean, I fully agree not only uh, – the numbers will bear it out. The plus minus here recently is going to definitely tell that story. And heck, I mean, you could even surprise somebody, come out with that, that lineup of Coleman at the five and press somebody to start the game. Like, yeah, somebody just to, asked about that in the chat. They're like, why not press to start? And yeah, I think guy with like Rogers or Harrison there, I would. You can't try to capture some early momentum, try to do something unpredictable, get somebody on their heels. Illinois has been the team on their heels far too many times here of late. And, and they're going into halftime with halftime deficits. And yeah, they can come back, but that's not a, a sustainable – Like, I'm, as you start to try to win games in a row, that's the only way you're going to extend your season. If you keep doing what they're doing, it's, it's not going to be able to translate into that run that they've talked about throughout this season. So yeah. uh, I, I like the dynamic. I've talked about Hawkins being able to open up some things on the, on the, on the inside as far as driving lanes and everything. Uh, I think that – Moving Dane out and putting Ty in, Ty being able to handle the ball and get to the rim, like Ty being able to defend. Like if you think about, I guess we can break down the the matchups as we get going. Once we find out what they're going to be, but like if you're going to see Penn State, why put Ty out there? Have Ty check Pickett, or even like we talked about get the ball out of Pickett's hands. Hell, press Penn State. Yep. Don't let them get into their uh, excellent Micah Shrewsbury actions and be settle in and feel comfortable and say, Hey, we're going to run you off of some screens. And then all of a sudden uh, here's Andrew Funk on a, on a three. I think that. And danger is an awful matchup for Penn State, like for Illinois against Penn State, right? Like when they can have five out and guys can just shoot wherever they want. You can't have him out there. 
So if that's the matchup, I would go with that. I like Hawkins more on Trace, right? Then, yeah. then uh, if you have to play Indiana, uh, Rutgers, I like the matchup if, if you're them, just because you can overpower them athletically and physically. But um, yeah, if it's one of those other teams, I would agree with that. All right, let's get some questions before we get out of here, Derek, some comments. Mark says, Meyer basically refused to give up the ball in the last few possessions. I am all for Matthew Meyer hunting shots, Derek, when he made a couple. Um, some of those possessions, man, I, he was better attacking the rim. What was he? Four of four from two today, draw some free throws. Didn't make, made five to seven from the free throw line. But, um, I, I wish he would attack more. I, I talked with him a couple of days ago. He's going to be on the pod here coming up. He says he reluctantly goes for layups. <laughs> uh, I think he should take advantage of those more because teams know he's going to shoot the three. Uh, if they're, if they're closing out on you like that, man, get them off balance and, and attack the rim. Yeah, I think that that has been Illinois' best offense is being able to be more aggressive downhill. And Illinois was building that momentum there as they moved into a position to finally tie the game. And some of Myers early in the shot clock three sidestep a a defender. And, and yeah, he gets a little window to put it up. But they just kind of killed the the buzz. And all of a sudden, Purdue has the ball back in their hands. And and you're not able to sustain that and and go – into trying to take the lead and he breaks off some possessions and I just feel like being able to run an action get in more of a flow get some other guys involved and try to break down the defense when Illinois was was running well that just kind of that hurts you I know that Brad mentioned like that last that possession out of the timeout the minute left was supposed to go to Matt they wanted to get him on like a on an ISO like post-up opportunity or whatnot they wanted to create a switch and see if would Edie switch onto onto Matt and see if Matt could uh, be able to take him from the perimeter or maybe get a small ball uh, post up on Ty, but it, it didn't ultimately execute it. But yeah, I agree. I I thought Matt defensively had issues with his effort. I think he gave up on some plays. Uh, I think he got screened and kind of just gave up. And then offensively, he took some some bad shots. I know that some of them t- sometimes they go in and yeah, yeah. they're awesome. But, Matt Meyer called them tough, or uh, Matt Painter called them tough threes. They are, they they absolutely are. Uh, and when he's feeling it, I'm fine with him heat checking some of those. But he wasn't uh, t- tonight, so maybe I'm cherry picking there. But ten threes is too many when you only make one of them. Yeah, you uh, especially feel some the, of those moments. Yeah, you got to feel the game. You got to feel when you have it. And if you don't, not saying you completely turn it down, but you can't go into hero ball mode. And, when you when the team has it building and then you haven't had a good night from three and you decided to take a couple of those. Uh, Nate asks, are we just going to ignore the obvious flagrant on Shannon by Edie? I think that was a Meyer, right? Under two so minutes Meyer. and no thought to go to the uh, monitor. Uh, that was a he followed through and pushed. Uh, that was that was a really rough foul. And to be honest with you, I was really scared for Matthew Meyer there. Uh, Illinois obviously had the concussion issues and his head hit really hard, uh, but he came back. He stayed in the game, so kudos to him. But uh, that was a, that was a scary moment. I thought there was a chance that could be a flagrant. I, it's it's easier to kind of pay attention to those things when you're not at the arena, Derek, because they don't show a lot of replays here. Uh, but I did see a replay of somebody uh, online, and I think that could have been a flagrant just because the follow through. Like he was clearly trying to push Meyer to yeah. the floor. Yeah, he was not bracing himself for a land. He was extending out and knew that he was caught, and that he just wanted to make sure that. And Meyer was not going to get up any kind of a quality shot. And, yeah, he, it was a – Edie gets calls, man. Like, he's, he's a oh, superstar, definitely. but he gets calls. I mean, I know that not to to go full, you know. I, I The narrative of, like, 
the calls that Kofi got or didn't get versus Edie. Coleman again, brought it up. <laughs> we don't we don't like to to dive into that too much. There's some truth to it. I I don't know if Kofi's got some of the the calls that Edie has gotten in you know on his shot attempts or on you know that that was a I don't know if it was a dirty play, but it was definitely a a shove and, and should have been looked at. And I I think there's a good chance it would have been a flagrant. Uh, Michael, I still think they have it in them to make a run. Let's enjoy it. Everyone stay calm. This should be the fourth tourney bid in a row. Let's not forget how things were not too long ago. I think it's great perspective. Like Illinois, they're going to make the tournament. They have the chance. But I do think this team has not quite lived up to its potential. And, and there's many reasons for that, Derek, whether it's injuries, Sky Clark leaving, uh, whether you want to put it on some coaches or whatever you want to do. But um, this team has not gelled completely. Um which I guess can be a little exciting, but it is disappointing that they haven't done that so far. This is what happens when you raise expectations, right? Is is your expectations are higher, uh, but if Illinois does make the run like Michael thinks they can, then all will be forgotten. This will be remembered as a great season if they get to the Sweet 16 or beyond. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a lasting impression. That's what we went into the turn into the season talking about was the tournament. It is all about the tournament, going on a run, updating. When's the last time you've been to the Sweet 16? If you make that happen, then it's all it's all worthwhile. It's all uh, uh, a passing grade as far as the overall season, and just the ride to get there was was part of the experience, and we'll remember the highs and the lows. But uh, the thing that most people remember is the tournament result. Even on the other end of the spectrum, when you've had a very consistent and great regular season, if you have a dud in the tournament, that's usually what people re- – remember and, and define the, the season as. So uh, I'm not afraid of that. Like, I think that's just the nature of, of college basketball, yeah. really the nature of a lot of, of sports. You know, the NFL, it, does anyone care the Tennessee Titans were the one seed that one year and then Joe Burrow goes into their house and beats them? Like, hang, hang the banner. Hang the banner one yeah, seed. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of – that's the nature of sport. So uh, is this team capable of a run? They're talented enough for it. If you were able to string together some of these runs that they've – They've had and not have the downfall like today, not have the turnovers or uh, Northwestern. Don't let Boo Booey go just absolutely nuclear, nuclear on you. Yeah, they can they can do that, but um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident yeah. in it happening. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I'm not telling people to necessarily enjoy this. I think I think there's a really frustrating nature to it. And when you go into the portal and you get two of the the prize guys, uh, you know, you look at rankings, some had them two of the top 10 transfers in the country, two of the top 15 yeah. at the very least. There, there's no guarantee you're going to go and do that again, and you're going to have some turnover with the roster, and you need to be able to capitalize on some of these opportunities in the postseason. And I would say one of the frustrating things about this team, Derek, over the last couple of weeks, um, last month, I guess we can say now, since that Iowa loss, um, is that they've made their path a lot tougher. Like, if this yeah. team were a six seed, I've had a lot more confidence in them going to yes. the NCAA tournament. And Absolutely. that might be just a difference in one win, right, like for, for this team right now. So that's the other thing that, that's been frustrating is, like, these losses have accrued and you've had the chance to, to have an easier path as a, as a six or a seven or whatever it is. Uh, maybe they can find that in the last week here at the Big Ten tournament. Uh, a couple more. Jake says, the things I do for a Trent Frazier-type player on this team. Yeah. Fifth-year starting point guards who can make threes and play defense, Derek. That's uh, pretty valuable. I'd take a Jade Neps right now. I think he could have used another scorer today. Yeah, I mean, Jade Neps 
would definitely be useful. Trent Frazier, a guy that you know never gets screened, is able to stay in front of point guards, kind of really is that perfect complement if you are going to play drop coverage. I wouldn't say perfect because there are bigger guards that can obviously phys- out-physical him and everything, but a guy that's been in some big moments, it's hit some clutch shots, would have liked to see – I just had a Joey Wagner appearance right before my laptop, so he broke my train of thought. But uh, we've seen him be able to, you know, why versus the last minute where Brad calls a timeout, if I'm throwing the ball, if I'm drawing something up for Trent to make a right decision, I think Illinois is going to, number one, execute the play and be able to more likely get what they want. He wouldn't uh, be getting the pocket picked and everything. And, and Yeah, somebody, thing- somebody asked about late game – Play calling, and I'm like, yes. well, the same guy who called plays for Iowa, assuming when Trent Frazier, right? Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Kofi had some clutch buckets. It was year. easy to, to dial it up for Io because there was of put Io in a ball screen. <laughs> Io can make a decision, go to the rim, hit the pull up J, and everything. Uh, so yeah, it was not to take all the credit away from Brad on that, but uh, it was a little bit more maybe simplistic. And or if that, Meyer makes a three today, one of those step backs, oh, a great play calling, right? That's true. Um, yeah, and then also, like, kind of on the note of what we've seen here recently, Trent Frazier teams won a lot on the road. I know that wasn't just all on him. I'm just a Kofi Coburn part of that. But it was maybe not a storyline that we've talked about. I think they've lost their last five away from home. You know, they lost in – we start from February 1st. You got Iowa. You got You're Penn right. State. You got Indiana. You got Ohio State and this one. And uh, that's something that – I know you're not going to be playing in road venues, but that's the – hurting of not getting those quad one wins that could have kept your floor a little bit higher as far as the tournament seed line. And now you are probably playing in that, that nine, eight, nine spot. Yeah. Illinois last five road games, tough loss at Iowa, got crushed by Penn state, tough loss in Indiana. I think you feel good about your Iowa and Indiana performances, a terrible performance at Ohio state and the up and down performance we saw today. Uh, pretty good in neutral though (laughs) from what we saw in november but november was uh, a long time ago december too um but yeah uh just a few more derek before we get out of here um the ideal lineup dan says is it rj ty terrence meyer hawkins uh yeah i think so i mean if you want to throw sincere in that mix um it does present the the fact of Ty and Sincere. I know that someone mentioned in the, in the comments, like the way that they were sagging off of Ty, and even uh, Matt Painter mentioned that in the post game. Those are guys that you want to keep from getting to the rim, but you don't really. Res- I know that he didn't say it. You don't respect yeah. them that much from from three as, as jump shooters. So uh, it depends on what kind of RJ you're getting. Uh, the one that showed up against Michigan, yeah, absolutely. I would have him in that that five for sure. Um, and I know that with his length, if you do want to kind of get aggressive in, in that in that backcourt, of course, Sincere is part of that too if you want to throw out the press. But, yeah, I think that's probably the, the most offensively capable lineup and, and one that I'd, I'd probably go with. Yeah, rotating Goody in there uh, at times. I thought he had some good minutes, played some tough, tough, tough basketball today. As always with Illinois, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, that's what makes it so interesting uh, leading into a win or go home for Illinois basketball as the postseason starts. Big Ten tournament starts on Thursday. We'll see whether they're the seventh seed, the eighth seed, or the ninth seed, and who they will be playing. And then, of course, selection Sunday. That's March 12th, Eric. And I said, wake me up on March 12th, and that's when I'll have a better idea of what I think of this team. 
Uh, that's not too far away, a week from today. So thank you to everybody uh, for watching us live on the YouTube channel. Appreciate you guys. Hit the like button, subscribe to us. Really helps us out on there. And for all our podcast listeners, follow us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have plenty more on Illinois basketball coming up at IlliniInquire.com. Of course, Illinois women's basketball, likely going to the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, and Illinois football has some recruiting big visits coming up. So we'll have all of that at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquire podcast. Bye, everybody. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.